Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. So welcome back, Nicole. I think this one should be fun. <laughs> Flies. <laughs> Everyone's least favorite pest. In fact, I was tacking up the other day and I saw my first fly and it's like, oh man, like that time of year, it's already here. Oh, they're the worst, aren't they? Like it just, and and can you imagine being outside all day long, having those things buzz your ears, get in your eyes around your mouth. It would drive me insane. Yeah. For that reason, my horses come inside during the summer and stand under their fans all day and right. they go out on night turnout. <laughs> right, right. Because it is just, it's just that time of year. These things are starting to emerge, all of these flies, right? So so I think this, this one's going to be fun, at least talking about fly control and how we can kind of knock those populations down. And, you know, it's interesting when, it, when I was thinking about this talk with you, you know, obviously, I from the from the management side, the health side, I have a lot of that knowledge. But I was thinking, what about from the nutritionist point of view? What are some of the things you're concerned about with flies and how they can be detrimental to our horses? Good question. I would say the biggest thing there is, especially for the really sensitive horse, those flies can bother them so much that they actually spend less of their time eating. And either they're hiding in the back of the shed to stay away from the bugs or they're running around like maniacs because they're being bit or even, you know, pacing the fence, things like that. So definitely there are horses and actually have one of them who he's harder to keep weight on during the summer than he is over the winter because he's so bothered by bugs. And for that reason, of course, he stands under his fan and then goes on night turnout. But it can impact horses' actual grazing behavior when the flies are that bad and the horses are that sensitive. No, it is, you know, and and, and I know from from a health perspective, you know, behavior changes, right? You see some of these behavior changes. So they're eating less, maybe more active. So do you tend to see horses lose body condition? And and, and like, what are some of the diseases we might be worried about? Yep. A loss in body condition is definitely one of them. The other things you would think about are the diseases that are spread by flies. So you have things like equine infectious anemia. So, you know, you have to pull a Coggins test in most states to travel. That's what the Coggins test is actually testing for. Pigeon fever is spread by flies. Summer sores, that's partially fly related. So there are a lot of nasty things that kind of get transported along with flies and brought from horse to horse, whether we're talking about a biting fly or not. Uh, the other thing that I can definitely see is that we have hoof issues a lot of times. So if they're stomping at flies a lot, particularly if you have that dry, hard ground in the summer, you can have some hoof quality issues and some pain related to that. So flies just kind of as a whole are not a fun thing. No, no, that's why we're going to get to the fun part, controlling them or killing them. Yeah. But so what are some of the different types of flies? You mentioned biting flies. So what's the difference between a biting and non-biting? And then what are some of the types of flies we see that are common across most of the country, I guess? 
Yep. So kind of, as you said, like the biting ones bite you, the non-biting ones just annoy you by being Irritate around you. you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, some of your biting flies would be stable flies, horse flies, deer flies. And some of those, like not only do they bite, but they like can bite pretty big and draw yeah. some real blood. Uh, non-biting ones would be things like the face fly or the house fly. And so they're a nuisance, but they're not biting the horse to feed on their blood. And they're just persistent. They're so persistent. Oh, they just drive me crazy. <laughs> they're just buzzing <laughs> you and they won't leave you alone. So you just imagine, at least we can get out. If we have arms and we can try to smack them with different tools. Horses have tails, right? Like that's it. Tails yeah. and stomping <laughs> and running, right? So what I, I guess kind of lay out, especially this will make sense when we talk about control. But the life cycle of most flies, can you we kind of describe that for the listeners, what that looks like? So when we talk about some of the control measures, it makes sense. Sure. I can describe that in like super big picture because I found entomology to be a very disgusting subject that I did not yes. enjoy as an undergrad. <laughs> so I've mostly blocked it out. Yeah. But um, a lot of your flies, not all of them, but a lot of them like to lay their eggs in manure, kind of wet compost, like yucky, moist, damp areas. And then they kind of go through a couple stages of development, hatch into flies, and the cycle perpetuates. So most of them, I mean, a lot of what we talk about is around manure management, because that's a place that flies use as part of their reproductive cycle. That's not true for all of them. And, you know, another nuisance that we can't even touch with some of the management things we'll talk about here are mosquitoes. You know, those carry a whole lot of different diseases and all you can really do there is kind of one, a robust vaccination program specific mm. to your area of the country and then keeping standing water away. Yeah. And it's tough and it's tough. And, and those, those neighbors, we'll get to that. Those neighbors, <laughs> yeah, yes. it's like what you're doing on your farm could be different across the road. But when we, I, I guess when we talk about fly control, there's a lot of considerations. So I guess the first thing you talked about is manure. So how would we, or what are some good tips for horse owners to start with fly control? And I guess we can start with the manure. Sure. So one of the big tips is really just kind of good stable management, which is keeping things clean, picked up. Um, so, you know, removing manure and wet bedding from stalls, preventing feed spills, and just kind of areas like maybe of a horse who dunks his hay and he dribbles water all over his corner of the stall. You'd want to clean that stuff up because that's a breeding ground for flies. Then we want to think about where do we stockpile it? Do we treat it or we do something else with it? Are we spreading it consistently? Because flies have this huge range. So kind of like you brought up with the neighbors, even if you're keeping the barn itself really picked up, I mean, if your manure pile is only 200 yards away, the flies will just migrate back over. Now, moving on from manure, what are some of the other things that owners could do to try to reduce fly populations? So as you said, we can reduce fly populations. The other is kind of your repellent and kind of decrease the impact of the horse. We can put it in two buckets. So looking at reducing the fly population, you would be looking at doing things like hauling your manure off. Some people use a manure service that hauls off their manure once a week. So you never have that big manure pile just sitting there as a breeding ground for long periods of time. 
Now, for a lot of us, that's expensive, and it doesn't even really make that much sense because manure can be used as fertilizer for your pastures once you compost it. So one thing you can look at doing is something like a fly predator. So those are actually little wasps that go in and they eat the immature flies from their breeding ground. So before they actually hatch into full flies, so that disrupts the life cycle. The other thing you can look at are actually feed through fly control products. So these are products that we would feed to the horse itself. It's going to go through the horse. It does absolutely nothing to them. They don't actually absorb it into their bloodstream. It just stays in the digestive tract. It goes out the other end of the horse. And then it disrupts the life cycle of the flies by preventing that larvae from fully developing into a fly in the manure. So that's one really good way that you can disrupt the life cycle, both of those, and they can even be used in conjunction together. Now that is, is, is a good one. So jumping into that really quick, essential K with fly control, right? So this is a product that we now provide. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, what specifically is going on? Yes, that is a really fantastic product that we added to our lineup last year. It gives you the convenience of having built-in fly control without having to use a separate top dress. So if you're already feeding Essential K, you can just switch your horses right over to the Essential K with fly control. I actually also have a lot of customers who... They might be on a full intake product, like a Calm and Easy, a Senior Sport, a Calm Ultra, and they'll add a pound of the Essential K with fly control to get that fly control. And then it also gives a nice boost to those nutrients during the summer anyways, when they tend to be working hard, out competing, and all of those things. So Essential K with fly control contains Clarifly. And that is an insect growth regulator. Again, it passes through the horse. It doesn't hurt them at all. They don't absorb it. It goes through the horse and it just ends up in the manure where it prevents that life cycle completing. It's not going to impact any of the animals that eat the manure either. So I, you know, have definitely had a lot of questions. Is it safe for my chickens? Is it safe for my dogs? And the answer is absolutely yes. There's no problem with that. Um, It won't impact your fly predators. So there are some other control like premise sprays and fly sprays. And some of those can actually impact the fly predators. This particular approach won't do that. So it's really, really handy. Um, You do have to start about six weeks before we expect the flies to really come out. Or if, you know, flies have already come out, you're going to have to wait for a whole life cycle to happen to really see control of those flies. And you have to have all the horses on the property on it. So it doesn't work if, you know, you as a single owner at a boarding barn, it's not a fly control that will, you know, stop anything from biting your horse. It works through manure. So we need all of the horses to be on the product. And unfortunately, if you have close neighbors, you're really at the mercy of their fly control as well. Because like I said, they can travel a pretty far distance. But it's a great option if you have control over all of the horses' diets and you don't have super close neighbors, it can dramatically decrease your fly population. So it's going to affect horn flies, face flies, house flies, and stable flies. Now, unfortunately, like it doesn't do anything for like your some of your biting type flies, like the deer flies and those, but you can at least decrease a lot of the really obnoxious population of flies. Yeah, there's you know, different life cycles and and you can't account for all of them, especially if you talk about entomology and insects. They all have d- different things, but just especially those, uh, you just, I've, I've always 
felt for horses when I, when I've gone and seen some, just the flies, it depends on where you, where you live. I remember when I was up in Oregon one time, it just so, it, it looked like hundreds of flies swarming the horse. And I just was like, Oh my goodness. It would drive me nuts. It would drive me insane. And so I feel really feel for those animals. Well, it does. Have you ever been like at the barn and like one actually bit me through my breeches and tall socks. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, that hurt. Like how does the yeah. poor horse deal with this all day when it hurt me that much through two layers of clothing. But yeah, it can, you know, it can really, really help a lot to do those feed through, but you know what? You can't just do the feed through. That mm-hmm. that helps, but it's it's a whole big picture in terms of fly control, particularly if you've stockpiled your manure all winter. If that's not treated, well, it doesn't really help to start a feed through in the spring. So you have to think really big picture when you're trying to do fly control. And of course, you know, all of the other things you can do like fly masks, fly boots, fly sheets, uh, sprays, premise sprays, those are all options to help as well. So you can kind of look at it from multiple different directions to try to make a more comfortable environment for your horses. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and fly sprays are are short-term topical solutions, but even spray systems in barns, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen, you know, those, those mist systems. Yep. That'd be the premise spray is kind of right. did a much better job explaining what it actually right. is. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, but the, I mean, it's just, it just seems since I've been doing education and stuff with, with, around equids, it just in the last 10 to 20 years, there's just been a lot more stuff coming on the market you know, fly predators and feedback from that, from certain people, like, do they work? Do they not work? Well, I've heard good things about them. So it just seems it's just one of those things that we keep developing products because these flies are driving us crazy. So now we have it in our feed, which is awesome. Yeah. Just one more tool in the toolbox. You know, funny enough, I remember laughing one time at an ad for like, a fly sheet for riding. And then I got a really sensitive horse and I was like, I'm almost tempted to buy that because <laughs> it really can be miserable when they're spending more time, you know, shaking at flies and doing that stuff than focusing on your actual ride. So I right, haven't gone right. quite that far to pull the trigger, but yeah, they are a giant nuisance. Now, just, just to kind of wrap this up. So she said essential K with fly control. Are there any, are there any other products that you would recommend? Yeah, so Essential K with Fly Control is fantastic because you can guarantee each horse gets the full dose of fly control. So your 1,000-pound horse, that's just one pound of Essential K, gets them all their fly control. We also have a fly control block. So the exact same technology, this can be helpful if you're in a pasture-type situation. um, Or maybe you don't want to add a separate top dress. You can put the blocks out as well. So they work the same way. It's the Tribute Fly Control Block. And for a 1,000-pound horse, they consume 12 ounces of that per day in order to have enough of that fly control active ingredient. I wouldn't combine them though, because they do the exact same thing. So this would be a one or the other, the essential K with fly control that you add to your horse's grain, or you can put out the block as an option as well. All right. Well, good. There you go. There, there's the the down and dirty on flies and, and some of the things that uh, the products that Tributes put together to, to assist horse owners. It's always important to remember if you have any questions, you know, about Essential K or the Fly Block, you can always reach out to us. Uh, we always provide the link in the show notes. But 
Again, thank you so much for listening and sharing this across social media, you know, getting this information out to as many people as we can. So we keep our horses healthy and happy, but thank you so much for listening. Thanks. Thanks.